Welcome, everybody, to Court Cousins, episode 57. My name is Kyle. I'm joined, as always, by my handsome, my debonair, my witty cousin, Jason the Peach. Peach, what do we got going on for today's show? Man, we got a whole heaping helping of good stuff for you, even though Thanksgiving has passed. Our show is chuck full with goods. Ooh, man, we're stuffing it in there. We've got our psychological check-in, as always. we got the social media roundup with a ton of good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we've got traffic light as we hit the road to tell you what's going on in the Orlando magic world. And don't go anywhere, you scallywags, you scoundrels. You better stick around for that large ending. Before any of that hijinks and hilarity, a big shout-out to all the All-Stars and Second Cousins over on the Patreon, Magic Player History, Bulby the Dawn, Paulo and Fromms' Warmth, Andy, Dylan Holden, Drum, Raphael Perez, Breadhead, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Gloria and Damien, Connor, and Yachty. And uh, we realize that our website is currently down, but most of you are on YouTube anyway, right? So yeah. uh, we're working on getting that website back up. Hopefully we'll have it up soon. Uh, but shout out to all 1,500 subscribers. It's a, it's, yes. a, it's a nice milestone. Nice milestone. Thanks for being on board. Yeah, thank you so much, everyone. It definitely means a lot. We're doing this. We're having a good time. And it it does mean a little bit more when, when we see some more eyeballs coming on. So if, you, if you're watching, if you've been watching for a little while, and you haven't yet, click that good old subscribe button and uh, make sure we pop up on your feed so we spread this Orlando Magic propaganda, people. Yo, people are hopping on the bandwagon. Yeah. If they want to join you on the bandwagon, what better starter show than than us, I yeah. say, you know? <laughs> well, let's start the show, shall we, Peach? Before, Indeed. let's get right into the psychological check-in, that portion of the show where we do a social-emotional check-in with each other we're cousins. We love each other. Check in with your people. How are you doing, Peach? It's been a couple of weeks for the psychological check-in. Well, I selected this uh, photo here of Cole. He's up in the air. He's shooting. And you know what he is? He's focused. Mm. And that's uh, that's what I've been doing lately is uh, focusing on getting a lot of stuff done. Um, I feel like sometimes I'm in a ton of places at the same time, sort of, and then at the end of the day, I was kind of like lay in bed and I'm like, wow, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm doing things at a high level right now. And it feels good. Right. Like much like Cole Anthony's probably feeling right now as he's in most people's conversation for fifth, uh, sixth man of the year. Um, and when you're focused like that and looking that good in that throwback Jersey, I mean, it's hard not to feel good about it. So I'm, I'm feeling focused, um, and, and looking forward to, I can't believe it's the last, the last month of the year already. Like, here we are. This year flew by. Peach in the flow state. I like it, man. Getting things done, making moves. You've been busy, though. You had to cover for a guy recently with COVID. I mean, you you giving some time also for yourself. You doing what you need to to rest the Peach well, battery? Well, I, I, went, I went to four games last week, <laughs> uh, which was pretty awesome. We'll get to talking about one of those later and uh, what I what – I, uh, well, no, what is the end of the show called? I forget. <laughs> <laughs> the big the ending. Large ending. We'll talk, we, we used talk to do what I there. learned. We don't do that anymore, Peach. Peach doesn't learn anything anymore, ladies and gentlemen. I'm learning things that don't really pertain to the show. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'd like to learn now how you're doing for uh, your psychological checking. Well, thank you. Thank you, Peach. It's interesting that you said you're locked in, you're focused, because 
I have this photo from Cole Anthony's Instagram when he was cutting a promo for LASIK Plus. He got the LASIK procedure done, and he has a whole video of it. And I chose this because I'm I'm focusing in right now on myself. This is December is going to be the month of Kyle getting in touch with his self. Um, Nadra and I, my wife, we've had a fantastic little run here. We... Went to Arizona for a wedding. That was a blast. I saw the Grand Canyon. Awesome food and drink. Beautiful, beautiful out there. Never been to Arizona. Good country out there. Um, and then we came back. I worked for a whole day and a half and then went on uh, Thanksgiving break, which included my birthday festivities. So all great things. But you can imagine, I mean, you know your boy. Um, zombie Kyle made a couple experiences in that 10 days and there wasn't a meal, a dinner that to be had where I wasn't imbibing a nice glass of wine because you got to have the food and wine pairings out here, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not, come on, let's go. I know peace. You're big into food and wine pairings, (laughs) but anyway, that's sarcasm. That's sarcasm everywhere. (laughs) I don't think I've ever had wine with food. Well, you don't <laughs> but need... I, I rarely have wine. So. <laughs> I would argue you rarely have food. All right, keeping it moving. <laughs> the reason I did show, pick this, though, is because I am laser-focused. I'm LASIK-focused, if, if you will, on myself. After that 10 days, 12 days, whatever it was, I'm abstaining from booze for December. Um, I'm trying to – yeah, yeah. I've been you know, getting back into my physical fitness routine – getting back into my meditation practices and all that stuff. And I'm, I'm also getting back into um, the Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous meetings, which I used to go to way back in the day because the way that I've always dealt with anxiety or negative feelings is fantasy, pornography, or women. So, mm. you know, it's, it's something I've managed through my life. Uh, it's been more difficult at certain times than others. But man, like I went to an SLAA meeting and if anyone out there has been to any of the A meetings, NA, AA, whatever, what have you, they're some of the most honest, raw, brutal, and beautiful places in this entire world. I mean, just getting online with 30 other guys that are just talking just in a very real way about what's going on in their life and their love and their romance and their fantasy with pornography, all that stuff, like... It, it's it's nice. It's good to hear that I'm not alone in some of these struggles and I'm going to be going to a retreat in December. So a lot of good things. This is the month of the self, the Kyle self. And we're just trying to elevate over here, baby. We're just we're just trying to do it. Now, now no one's going to see this because I said pornography twice. So YouTube's going to just fuck this algorithm up. Sorry, everyone. Uh, when I first saw the graphic, I thought you were going to tell me you were getting LASIK, but that totally went in a different direction. <laughs> so I can watch porn better. No, uh, quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Um, all right. Well, Peace, you said we got a social media roundup that is chock full of goodies, and you, sir, indeed are correct. So let's get right into it. Peace, this is a gem. We're going to start with the man, the myth, the legend, Welt God. This is a hilarious meme that he has. He's got Thor all fat Thor, and then a skinny Chet Holmgren. Feels pretty good to be a Magic fan right now. Get 50% off Papa John's after every win. Last season, skinny Chet. This season, fat Thor. And, man, what do we got? We're recording this at 
7 o'clock, pretty much during the Wizards game, during the Wizards Magic game. So if anything happens during that game, we, we can't be held responsible. Um, Seven-game win streak right now, hopefully eight against the Wizards. 12-5. and five. I mean, things are cruising. Things are looking good. I'm getting fat. I wish I was getting fat off the Papa John's down in Florida. Um, Peach, I know you would you would slay some Papa John's. Yeah, I'd I'd get at some Papa John's once in a while. I mean, if they're gonna if they're gonna win that much and you get an opportunity, at least hit it once a week, right? Yeah, like you, you gotta. Before I think people used to maybe hit it more because there were less. You know, like at some point you're gonna be like, I can't I can't do this all all the time. If they're gonna win <laughs> three games a week. I can't eat that much Papa John's, but it's a good problem to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are definitely sitting fat what, what's your favorite fast food like fast pizza joint would you say fish i think it might be papa john's as far as like a big chain and they're yeah. actually eating their pizza and enjoying it i think papa john's is up there there's some i haven't had though i haven't had cc's pizza um, i think that's what the probably fuck? what is that that's not a chain uh, is that like a texas thing no it's like a i think it might be a southern thing i've seen okay. it before okay but all right, we're sitting pretty, and here's another indicator, piece. You brought this one up. The win streak here. Oh, Jesus. Here it is. This is the right one. We have side-by-side Peach's favorite NBA player, Chet Holmgren, and the Oklahoma City Thunder sitting in second place in the Western Conference, and our Orlando Magic sitting in second place in the Eastern Conference. Um, you know, just – a, two good stories. Like, there's a lot of parody in the NBA this year. You also look at the Western Conference. The Minnesota Timberwolves were kind of an afterthought last year. They're sitting in number one this year. The Dallas Mavericks were a little bit in disarray. They didn't even make the playoffs last year. Now when Peach goes there, they're in third place. Coincidence? The Piche bump continues, my friend. <laughs> uh, I just I just thought this was a great graphic when it came up. Because, uh, you know, these we since we've started our show, we're on our third season. We started during one of the most horrendous seasons in Orlando Magic history. Yep. So, you know, we, we were there at the bottom and we were there as we started to rise last year. And now, boom, look at it. Look at it happening. And the other team that was doing the same thing is the Oklahoma City Thunder. We were always talking about, oh, we're going to be drafting right next to them. And it was a big thing. And now, boom, here we are together. And it's very quick, right? Like you yeah. would think this might be like a year or two away still. But boom, it's kind of happening already, and you'll love to see it. And look, here's two slides in a row where Chet Holmgren comes up on this show, and I'm not going to even throw any shade on the guy. Wow. Peace, you've come so far. No, no, I have to, because you can tell that, like, if you look at that picture from the last slide, from him last season, this man has gone through, I don't know if he got, like, uh, a stylist or something, but, Mm -hmm. like, not only has he physically changed, but he's going with the beard now. He's trying to look uh-huh. more rugged. He's got a different haircut. He's like, I need to completely change myself from being this scrawny punk who will be injured and out of the league in five years, and I need to become a man. And you know what? He's becoming a little bit of a man. I'm impressed. I got to say. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, I can't unsee. I saw like a side-by-side of a graphic of him and Abraham Lincoln, and I just can't unsee it. Like he's just <laughs> he's too honest Abe for me, and I just get a chuckle every time I see him. And you're, but he's you're, like that honest Abe that fought vampires, though. Like yeah, that version. That was a sick movie. Life. Yeah, the Vampire <laughs> Slayer. Go check that one out for sure. Uh, these are two young teams. You know, you look at Chet just came into the league same year as Paulo, um, and and 
Well, God, coming through again. This is just this is my favorite post of the roundup. I think here's a picture of Paul Van Carroll. The last time the Magic started the season, ten and five, and it's he's got his P five chain on around a sperm. So hilarious, great work. We just need to clap it up for Well, God, well done, sir. Well done. You know, Well, God is giving. The community's giving. Yeah. Things are good, and and I like that when I do get, get into the social media world, which I've stepped back from a little, That's but good. when I do get in there now, it's not just everybody shitting on this person or that person and throwing blame around, or we need to sign that guy, we need to sign this guy, and it's like, yes, yes, this is what I told you to wait for last season, right? Like, be patient and, and believe in most of the guys we got. Like, we really only added Joe Ingles to this roster. So right. it's like, this is what we told you to wait for and it's coming through and you get to see a lot of fun posts positive and mm -hmm. i love to see it yeah and and we'll talk about some of that i mean everyone's getting on the bandwagon now we have the bleacher report which is uh you saw this at thirteen thousand likes on this the orlando magic are legit fire emoji that's it i i think that we talked about the oklahoma city thunder even them though they're like they're a little bit ahead of us, Peach, because Shea Gilgis Alexander mm -hmm. has been a guy, and he's now on his second contract. So I think it's even mm – -hmm. we're taking more people by surprise than even the Thunder that this group is so young. I mean, the core pieces of this group are a sophomore and a third-year player, and, and Jalen Suggs, again, as a third-year player. This group is young, but they don't know it, Peach. Like, they mm -hmm. don't know that they're not supposed to be doing this. And that's why I love this group in this win streak. They're not they they're coming in winning every game. They're expecting to win every game. And even though we had some up and downs early in the year, they've corrected it so fast. I mean, those two games against the Bulls where we let them back in, we had like 20 point leads and then let them back in. It was like after that, no more of that. I mean, and then we just stomped on the throats of the Pacers, and then we just stomped the Raptors, and then we just stomped the Celtics. Like we're getting out to these leads, and when the other team punches back, this team does not act like a bunch of young players. They act like veterans who've been there before, who've done mm -hmm. it, and they don't get, they don't relent. And and Paulo or Franz is always coming down with a clutch bucket, bucket to stop a streak from the other team and to put the game out of reach. And this team is just – they're just scratching the surface. I'm so excited. It's a team that's, you know, played together for, you know, I guess Paulo, you know, he was new last year. But a lot of these other guys have played together a couple seasons now. Yeah. They remember what it was like when they'd get into those moments where, like, the game would get away from them and they'd never get it back. And now they have the power and the ability to say, I'm not going to let that happen again. And so that's part of the reason things are going much better for them as a team. What I really liked about this graphic in particular is down there in the caption, the very last line says, Dark Horse in the East. And I say to ye horse in the east <laughs> i don't i don't see color so it's, me, it's just a horse. <laughs> superb job by you peach superb job by you sir and i mean there's not many people that can match the wit and hilarity of my co-host the one and the only peach but I do dare to beg if there is another person out there. It is a one Cole Anthony, sir. And after that drubbing of the Boston Celtics, Cole Anthony got on with the post-game crew. 
and was asked, you know, I don't even know if he was asked the question. I think he was about either Ingles or Moritz, who also had a huge game. I think Moritz had had that career game, um, 27 points or something. And at, when he was asked about him, he says, quote, big sloppy built dudes who don't look like they can play basketball. They'll be, they'll built like substitute teachers, but dang, they can play. And that again is Cole Anthony on Mo Wagner and Joe Ingles. Just <laughs> hilarious, hilarious stuff. Um, and you can tell like the rapport in the locker room is tight because, you know, Cole is joking with these guys to their face. Like you can just tell that it's no, you know, Moritz or Joe aren't going to hear this and be like, hey, Cole, why were you calling me a sub? No, you can tell that Cole has referenced the substitute teacher thing to them multiple times. Um, and we just, we just love the electricity of, uh, of Cole Anthony, but I do want to use this to talk a little bit about Joe Ingles. Do you want to talk about some Cole Anthony before I do that piece? Uh, I will just say that like, you know, obviously he's always been a fun personality on this team and even in the face of losing seasons, you know, you get to see a lot more personality him when, when he's, when they were winning then. And now with this continued streak, it's just like. Ooh, it's a great opportunity for Cole Anthony to shine more regularly, which is fantastic. And I think he has been an unsung hero for this squad off the bench with what he brings consistently every night. So I'm glad that not only is he getting to have fun, being funny, showing his personality, but it's backed up on the court. He's not just the funny guy on the team. He is a very key cog in this unit. But Joe Ingles obviously also adds quite a bit. And Let's be honest. I felt like you you were pulling this one out here because you're a full time teacher, <laughs> and, <laughs> and you're trying to make the point that you can play too, but you don't necessarily. You, you probably look more athletic than yeah. than Joe Ingles. To be honest, I'm just being straight with you. <laughs> you look well, like you'd be a better baller than him. If I'm just that, if I had to pick two guys and didn't know at the court, I'd be like, uh, give me the guy with the red hair. <laughs> you sure you wouldn't take the six nine guy? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. He doesn't look like he can wheel. I, don't... <laughs> um, I will talk about Joe Angles, but you know, I, I, sh I I'm sorry, Cole. I, I can't believe I was about to just fly through this as, as use your hilarious line as a prop to talk about Joe Angles. I will talk about you, Joe, but just a moment in another video. Um, this right now is, I need to talk about Cole Anthony because right now in 17 games, he's averaging 15 points as a potential six man of the year candidate, uh, 3.7 assists. And you know, a little man getting on the boards, man, almost five rebounds a game, 4.6 boards per game. He's shooting the best of his career over his career average. I'm sorry, from beyond the arc, 36%, um, 50% pretty much effective field goal percentage. And man, like what an important piece Cole Anthony has been just the whole bench unit in totality, but we're going to talk about him kind of one by one here. Cole Anthony, a guy that is now on a three-year deal, average annual value of $13 million a year. By the end of this contract, that's going to be like 7% of the salary cap. You're telling me you don't want a guy that can go out and give you 30 because we've seen him do it on 7% of the salary cap. Absolutely. Not even to mention what he brings in terms of being a glue guy, being that you know guy that ups the camaraderie, always brings the hustle, always brings the positivity. And he gets rewarded a lot of times from Coach Mosley. I know that he he always he will mention like we've got a lot of guys on the on the second unit that could be starters on other teams. And you're absolutely right, Cole. But you know what's more important than that? Who who ends the game? 
and there have been numerous occasions this year where he's gone out and been balling, and Jamal Mosley re- rewards that. Coach Mosley sees that, and Cole Anthony has ended definitely a number of games. Not sure how many, but more than I can count. So he's he's getting his props, he's getting his playing time, and Cole Anthony is going to be a key contributor to this team. Yeah, that's a great point because – breaking down his salary and suggesting that he is 7% of the, of the salary is not indicative of the percentage of value that he has to this team. So that's a great deal. Yeah. Enjoy your bag and yes. we'll enjoy the play. Yeah. But I would want de- to talk about Joe. Tell yeah. us about Joe. All right. Yeah. I, I've definitely the want other, that. The other J.I. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> oh, we don't have any J.I. talk on this. That's okay. Um, you know, Joe Ingles has, you know, maybe not, wowed us he definitely started a little slow but you know he's, he's got his lowest shooting split so far throughout this uh, compared to his career this year but he's done it enough over enough years that he's still respected from the three-point line and that's that's really what we need when we say space you know we want spacing Jalen Suggs might be shooting it a little bit better than him but people don't respect Jalen Suggs yet from beyond the arc they definitely put a body on Joe Ingles and he's bringing a lot more than I thought on the playmaking side. He's handling the ball. Him and Moritz have something going on. They're kind of doing some telepathy out there at times. And he's really he can be a driver and a playmaker on that second unit, often carrying the ball up. And that is not something I really expected out of Joe Ingles. He's had some pretty nice assist games. And I think as they get used to playing with each other more, we'll see those assist numbers go up and up. What have you thought about Joe Ingles' play so far, Peach? I think he's he's just adding that veteran presence and doing all those little things off the bench, which, you know, are, I think are super important in the game of basketball. You can't have everybody trying to score 30 points, CLA Clippers. Um, you, you need to have some guys that are going to do the, the hard stuff, the pick setting and the passing and the getting guy. I mean, the more and more he goes to those, those teacher conventions with uh, <laughs> with uh, Moritz, the more those two are going to get together. And you just like to see that there's a camaraderie building on the bench mm-hmm. in the same way that the starters have really started to meld together well. So it's it's good to see that happening on two parts of the ball. And I, I regardless of where his shooting numbers may be right now, they won't be there forever. Uh, but he's still making enough of an impact to make him a player that has to get time. That's yeah. That's important to me and that shows how important he is to Mosley and what they're trying to do and if you're planning on maybe going to some of these national teacher conventions I've been to a number of them um, you might want to put it on your all the expenses on your most swagner card which uh, dirt for memes has has provided us here this is the most swagner face card it never declines all right so, you know, for a very low interest rate, zero interest for the lifetime of this card, the only credit card like that, you too can get your most Swagner card. And man, has Moritz Wagner had some Swagner as we've been going through the beginning of this year? 12.5 points per game, 4.4 rebounds, 1.2 assists per game. I mean, 36.7% from three, a 27-point effort against the Celtics. Not quite his career high. He had a 30-point effort, but just like an explosion of offense. Um, ninth in the league in effective field goal percentage at 67.1%. Ninth in the entire NBA. 
you know, can he maintain this torrent of offense that he's on? His effective field goal percentage is 8% higher than his career high. You know, maybe not, but the confidence and the swagger that Moritz is bringing to that, you know, to this team in is you know, I don't think you can really quantify that. Not to mention how he gets under opponent's skin. It's just he's playing fantastic and people kind of we you know rightly so I raised my eyebrows a little bit at that contract that he got it seemed like it was a little bit of the Franz bump but not the way he's playing this year man he's earning every penny of I think that what 11 million per year I don't know how much it is but I know that he's he's providing another he's another guy off the bench that's providing more than we're paying for mm-hmm. um and I I've always liked Moritz's game I'm glad he's getting to showcase a little bit more he used to be the kind of guy that would come in and have one of those games where he puts up a 27 point effort and then the next game he scored four you know what I right, mean? But like right. this year, he's been more consistent when he's been getting at time, which is fantastic, which is why. And we'll talk about it a little bit later when you start to bring WCJ back, whose minutes are going to get hurt by this activity? Right. Because you never really want it to be Moritz when he's capable of doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, we will talk about that more later in the show. But, um, I, you know, just it's. I I have to say that, you know, I was a little critical of Moritz at the five because I wanted more big man shit. Mm -hmm. J.I. not being injured, knock on wood. There is wood here, and I am knocking upon it. Um, That that really helps. (laughs) That really helps because we don't need Moritz maybe to grab a bunch of boards and do hashtag big man shit. He can do other things. He sets a hell of a screen. He is dangerous and a threat from beyond the arc. And his offensive game is right now definitely making up for what he lacks on the boards, perhaps. So, you know, I'm sorry, Moritz. Mea culpa, man. My bad. Um, I'm waving the, the German flag for Deutschland, you know. So just keep it up, man. If, if we get that type of production off the bench, I mean, the, Cole, Moritz, you know, these guys, Joe Ingles, they've brought us back into games. Like when the, when the starting unit has looked a little flat, it's these guys that are giving the team energy and, and kind of lifting the, you know, the rest of the squad. So, wow, hats off to you. Yeah, you don't put together a win streak like that without total team effort. Um, and we've talked a lot about the bench here. It doesn't mean we're forgetting about the joy that Franz and Paulo brings to the squad, but yeah. it is nice to see a full team effort from us. I like that we're not one of those teams that depends on two guys each scoring 40 so that we can, you know, clear hurdles. You know, it's a it's a – it's a good, you look at the box scores and it's always like, there's a lot of guys in double figures and, and you just like to see that the three point percentage is still not where I'd love it to be, but it's, it is actually better than last year. <laughs> it's going so. in the right direction. It is absolutely going in the right direction. Um, yeah, we, you know, we've, we're, we're going to talk now a little bit about some starters and, and some of the guys on our second unit have been doubted and Jalen Suggs, a guy on our first unit has definitely had his share of doubters. He's had a, a rough go of it. He's, this is his first offseason that he was healthy, and he's you know he's finally coming to his own. But Brian Scalabrini, that, li- that fucking bastard. And I'm sorry, I'm not supposed – he's a fellow ginger. You know, I'm supposed to be in the corner of my fellow ginger brethren, but he's messing up, man. In the postgame – actually, this was during the game. 
he was just so Boston salty. And this is all about you Bostonians out there. They get so salty, Peace. You know this. They get so salty about their teams. Oh, dude, wicked, all this nonsense. Chuma MVP, hilarious handle, by the way. Thank you for that. Brian Scalabrini states, Jalen Suggs plays hard but doesn't have talent. He was doing that while talking about like, oh, well, Jason Tatum is just a talented guy and he, he works hard, but you got a guy like Jalen Suggs, doesn't have the talent, but just works hard and you just you, you, you need a guy like that. He was tr- like throwing this underhanded backslap compliment. Brian Scalabrini, what the hell are you talking about? Stop being bitter. <laughs> Stop. Go get your Duncan. Go get your Duncan and get the hell out of here, kid. Here's a guy in Scalabrine, I believe he said it's, called, it's pronounced. Uh, Scalabrine. He, I enjoyed the time that he slapped some guy for saying that he couldn't play because he's just a guy on the end of the NBA bench. And then he beat him, what, like 11 to 1 or something in a pickup yeah, game? Yeah. That was a fantastic move by him. I had a lot of respect for him. And I've actually enjoyed when I've seen him as a commentator. So I was really shocked when I kind of heard him saying this. I think he probably was trying to say something a little different than it came off. Right. Uh, because I've also made that argument in many sports where there are guys that either are blessed with talent or work hard. And then there's guys that do both. And I think he was trying to put Jalen Suggs in that that guy works harder than his talent is maybe, but it really Mm -hmm. came off as kind of a rude comment. Uh, But again, they're from Boston. So eventually when you're there long enough, you get rude. It's what happens. They salt their roads. They salt every food. I've seen people salt fruit there. They're crazy. Um, but <laughs> that's why it's always good to beat them as he, as he then points out <laughs> with Daniel house, yeah. our buddy in the post game saying that ever since Eddie crapped all over the magic, they've been smoking us. And, uh, Eddie was still not ready to give us our flowers. No, he's okay, not. We'll take the win. <laughs> we'll take the win. <laughs> he was not ready to take any responsibility for those comments at all. Uh, yeah. I mean, Scalabrine. Brian is his last name, name too. Maybe that's why he was salty. Um, he, that, that fun moment, he had some good time. Eddie House, man, the, it was amazing the trolls coming through on Magic Twitter. You all need a round of applause. That was fantastic. Just keep it up. Keep reminding Eddie House of how wrong he was. Now we're number two in the Eastern Conference, number three actually, I think. But, man, it feels good to beat Boston, and we're owning them right now. We are absolutely owning them because – I've made I made the comparison myself numerous times. Boston has two forwards that they're building around. I guess Jalen uh, Brown is more of a two. Um, he's not quite as big, but like two athletic wing players. And our cornerstones are two athletic wing players. So the comparisons were there to make. You always push back on them to your credit, Peach. I'll let the record show. Um, but. I thought the comparison was a good one. And now we're kind of like we're ahead of schedule. And I don't think that the Celtics saw this level of competition coming for them so quickly. And maybe Bostonians are a little salty because they've they've dropped the bag a few times. I mean, one of Tatum and Tatum's first years, they went all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they thought, oh, this is going to be an every year thing. And they've gotten deep, but they have not won. They've not shown the ability to finish in big moments. And here's another time that they did not finish in a big moment here. And I just love all the spite and all the anger and all the the tears that I will use to drink my Dunkin' coffee. The the tears of Bostonians. I'll just I'll, I'll lather them all over my body. I just I need it and I love it. And Peach, 
I will be in attendance Sunday in Boston for the Magic versus the Boston Celtics. So I'll be holding oh, it boy. down. Let me know if you're in the Boston area. We need to roll deep if we can. I might need backup. These Bostonians, man, they don't fuck around. So I, I could use some backup if you're around. Let me know. I do want to talk about Jalen, though, real quick, Peach, if you don't mind. Oh, he's backtracking. Okay. Yeah, because well, no, only because you know everyone was throwing shade at him. We had Scalabrini throwing shade, and and I just want to talk about the guy that's been Jalen Suggs this year. In his last five games, Ray Shard says fifteen point eight points per game, two rebounds, two assists, two point six steals per game, forty eight percent from the field, um, forty four percent from three on five attempts per game. I mean, the guy has been spectacular this year in my opinion he's number two in the league in terms of steal percentage at three percent of opponents possessions ending in a steal by Jalen Suggs and most importantly to me we see his effective field goal percentage is up to 51.6 his three-point shooting 36.2 percent both career highs he's had a trajectory up 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 this is the first offseason he had healthy he said it himself. This is a different Jalen Suggs this year. Jay Sizzle, as he calls it, um, is back in the building. And you can tell he's playing with an edge, man. He's settled into this role as just the hard nose. He wants to win Defensive Player of the Year. You can tell it. He wants to be on an all-defensive team. And he's definitely – He, I mean, I think he probably should be on an all-defensive team if the season were to end this year. What have you seen from Jalen Suggs that – is heartening to you, sir. All those things you just said, honestly, he's just, he's, it's, I mean, well, you, you took all the work, you took all the words and you skipped my slide where I had a joke ready to go. So I'm like, what the hell are we doing? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, Jalen Suggs, good. We told you he's going to be good as the starter. Give him a chance. He's, you know, yeah. look, is he, is he going to be an all star? Probably not. <laughs> is he right. is he even in the conversation for all-star voting for that for that spot no but yeah. he's doing what he needs to do like you said our stars are franz and paulo those are the ones that really fill the score sheet and he's just out there to do all the hustling and the defending that's a super important part of any good team you've seen watch teams that go deep in the playoffs they have defensive stoppers they have guys that can get you a steal We've got that guy there. You know, we're starting to put all those pieces together. And by the way, the reason I never liked the comparison to the Celtics in this group of Celtic team is because they don't have the ability to get over the hump. Mm. I don't want you to put us in that box where we're with them because then you're just coming up short all the time, which we've already done a few times. So I'm done with that. I want to <laughs> win things now. So don't put us on their level. You can maybe compare them to us in the build, but eventually we'll win the championship. Uh, these guys can get it done. I like that perspective. And last year, Peach, we would always talk about two things when we win games, um, rebounding and points in the paint. And those are still vitally important. But I've noticed a little bit of a trend that seems indicative of really when we put it on teams, and that is points, off, points in transition or points off turnovers. And we are stacking those up this year, more so than any years previous. And that has got to be in large part to Jalen Suggs. He is getting into passing lanes, deflecting. I think he's like top in the league too around deflections. And last year, those bounces weren't going our way. This year, we're capitalizing. Those deflections are turning into fast break points. J.I. as well coming back. Not Joe Ingles, Jonathan Isaac. Those types of players, those defensive-minded guys, 
are turning defense into offense now, and it's adding a whole different um, side and aspect to our team, which is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, show me a sport where the turnovers are leading to points and you're not winning more games. It, it, it doesn't exist. It's, yeah. it's like that in football. It's like that in hockey. That's If you make the most of those situations – then you're going to do well. And I think the other things that Suggs defense is going to do that may not show up in the score sheet is now people know if I'm going to make a pass near Jalen Suggs, it had better be a good pass Yeah, <laughs> because if it's not, he's going to take it from me and it's going to make people hesitant to maybe even pass the ball to the people, the, the people he's covering. So that's something that may not show up on the score sheet, but it may be a few less touches for whoever four is guarding, which is another great thing. We like this. All right, Peach, I messed it up last time. What slide do you want to go to? I'll let you control oh, this I, one. Oh, we were talking about the magic over the Celtics here. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Kravitz had a post where he wrote, one, that's how many teams have held the Celtics to under 100 points this season, and it's the Orlando Magic. I'm having too much fun with this. Stoked is a great way to phrase it. And then Joe Daddy comes in and puts an, a lovely little bow on this by saying, other than the Orlando Magic players, I feel like Brandon Kravitz might be the most stoked about this beatdown of Boston. Somebody tell Paul Revere that the Magic are coming. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if he's the most stoked because I know the, they're your B team, but they're, they're my very bottom team, my Z team. Your Z team. So, so I get pretty excited when we beat them too. They just seem to struggle with, with what we bring to town. And, yeah. and whatever we bring, it's not their cup of tea. And even if it was, they'd throw it in the haba. So... <laughs> I love it. That was a beauty. I'm glad we got that. <laughs> okay, I know the time has passed, Peach, but let's go back to thanks the Thanksgiving table, if we will. I, I couldn't pass up this post. This is from Orlando Magic HQ. It's a Thanksgiving dinner with an assortment of different tables. There's three players and uh, front office staff folks who, what table are you sitting with, Pish? I think I know. I think I know where you would sit. I I, I think whoever made these tables uh, yeah. is a lot of fun. I mean, you've yeah. got the kids' table over there at number six. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's it is an interesting grouping. You got the foreign guys over at table three. Get, table five seems like the leftover table. Yeah, it does but a little bit. Thanksgiving leftovers. Let's not sleep on a Thanksgiving leftover. That's a good time. That's true. I think this is an. I think this was the obvious one, man. You yeah. got to go on. You got to go to two. Yeah. <laughs> not only do you have, not only do they have P5 and Jalen, who I'm sure are just a hoot. Yeah. But you've got Cole Anthony, who you know we've, how much, how much more do we need to praise this man on the show? Yeah. He would be a great dude to sit next to and, and laugh with. But you know who I'm also a little, a little hurt for? Who's that? The guy, the guy the team always says is the funniest guy on the team, Chumo. Okay. Oh, he's not even he on here. He ain't even on a table. What's up with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing uh, some things on Twitter, just aggregated stuff like Chumo KK potentially to the Bucks, stuff like that. I mean, he's definitely maybe he's already on the way out, and that's why he's not at Thanksgiving. Won't Still won't. sad. Yeah, it is sad. I'm, <laughs> I'm not happy about it because if he was at one of the tables, you'd consider it, right? Right. You hear he's so. For me, I'm like, I hear he's so funny. Yeah. I don't see it translate in video and stuff, so like. Maybe while we were sitting at the table, I'd be like, oh, man, shit, this guy is funny. So it would make me think about going to his table and he ain't there. So for me, it'd be number two. Which one did you say you were going to? I'm going to four. Well? I'm going to four, going to four, which is it's like the hoity toity table, which no one's probably going to choose out there except a weirdo like me. That's the table with Jamal Mosley, Jeff Weltman and Anthony Parker. 
Um, I'm just man. Yeah, you I, already had FaceTime with Mosley. I did. I know, but I want a whole meal, man. I want to pick this guy's brain about his leadership style. I want to see if I can get Jeff Weltman to give up any information about anything, and that's not you know kind of like a a prefabbed response. I think that would be a good challenge for me. I mean, the kids' table. I'm not gonna be able to relate at all. Joe Ingles, you know, he's close in age, but. I don't, I don't know. I guess I would be cool with Grace. I don't mind if J.I. says Grace. That's fine. Um, when, yeah, the, the Wendell, Mar- Markel, Admiral, that's an odd assortment. I do like three. I do like three. I think being at the table with the brothers, Moritz and Franz, they would, they'd probably be some hilarious shit happening over there. And Goga just seems like the guy that would kind of just make the one-liner out of nowhere, and then you just die laughing. So I'm going to go four, three, two. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're making the right call to be able to get uh, a job with the magic. And I feel mm-hmm. like if you keep sitting there and kissing enough, butt, you could become the assistant coach of replay review. And then once you're, once you've got a pinky toe in the door, yeah, sky's the limit. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for your belief in me, Beach. Okay. Last, last post of the social media roundup. This one is from JG. Um, Johnny, what's it is at Johnny magic 23 and Johnny magic 23. I mean, this is an interesting post, but dude, what he, he got, he's got premium. He's got the, the app formerly known as Twitter premium. Peach went the other way. He's disowned the app formerly known as Twitter completely. And Johnny G has just kind of dove right into the, um, what's his guy, what's the guy's name? The Tesla dude. Um, you know that Musk. guy, Musk. He's he's Ma- Musk. Musk. Elon Musk. He's jumped into the Musk uh, fountain and is just swimming in it. So I guess with the with the new <laughs> with the new, uh, if you pay, you can just fucking write whatever the hell and however long you want, and the characters no longer matter, which was the thing that made Twitter cool in the first place. So he's yeah. got he's got a long uh, long post here, and he says disclaimer: this is not an anti Fultz agenda slash hate but merely an analysis that you can interpret however you like. Data pulled from the Boston game, from after the Boston game. In the first four games, when Fultz was healthy and playing, time per possession, Fultz was dominating that 4.9, I guess, seconds per possession. In the last 12 games, Fultz played only one game in the middle of that. Paulo has been dominating the time of possession at 4.8 seconds per possession which is a pretty significant shift considering that with Markel Fultz, he was only averaging 2.6 seconds per possession. Um, mm. It's a pretty significant change, especially for Paulo. Paulo's stats in those time frames, first four games, 12 points on 44% true shooting. Last 12 games, 22 points on 60% uh, true shooting. Um, what do you make of this, Peach? Is, the, is there something here? Is this anything? Uh, look, if the ball's in the hands of your better players more, mm-hmm. yeah, good things will usually happen. Yeah. And I think what we're learning from this is that Paulo's a guy who needs the ball. He's yeah. not going to be that guy that needs to come off screens to be successful, uh, as an outside shooter. He needs a rock. He's a one-on-one player. He can go get you a bucket. So if he has the ball more of those situations, it's only going to, it's only seems right that those stats are going to favor in your in your direction now i think they need to find a way when fultz is in there to get that 2.6 up so that he can get the ball more 
and they need to find a way to make that gel work. But right now we're starting to see that, you know, there's, there's a ton of NBA players past, present, future that like, Oh, that guy needs the ball in his hands to be good. Right. Like, I mean, nobody is talking about Kyrie Irving unless he doesn't have the ball in his hands and he's dribbling around. Like there's certain dudes like that. And Paulo is in his second year now. So he's starting to make it clear that like, give me the rock. I'll get you a bucket. Like, it's not that he can't do the other things. It's that that's the strength of his game. So he, his numbers will obviously be better than, I think this is a good way of showing uh, why that's true. Yeah. Granted, as JG mentions here, Paula played like dog shit for the first four games. He was readjusting from his role with team USA, just kind of getting his feet under him. So I think that's a little bit skewed, but I do believe there's something here in that, as you said, Peach, Paulo is our best player along with Franz Wagner. We want those guys to have more opportunities to make things happen. And prior, I mean, last year when Paulo was just a rookie, we really needed a guy like Markel Fultz as the leader and the anchor to kind of direct traffic. But Paulo's ahead of schedule, man. Like, this guy is really good right now. And I think that, you know, Markel was kind of a, a the safety blanket, if you will, for our young team in, in previous years. But maybe he doesn't need to do as much of the orchestrating as previous. Now, I love Markel Fultz. Got a Markel Fultz jersey, which is now Mikel Petras jersey right over there. But there is something to be said of, hey, let's let's put Paulo in more actions. Let's put the ball in his hand more uh, more often. Because something that's really underrated about Paulo Bancaro is his court vision. Man, this guy makes some crazy passes. Like, he is really good at finding guys, especially as he's getting double teamed more and more and more. And so we want him creating those types of opportunities. And like you said, there has to be a way that we can bring what Markel is good at, at getting the offense set, of pushing the pace. We got to be able to use that with Paulo. Can Fultz take on more of like an Anthony Black style role of more of like an auxiliary player, making the hustle plays, making those winning plays, which we've seen Markel do time and time again, being a defense first guy. The thing that makes this difficult has been the big knock that's always been on Fultz. He does, he's not a willing shooter from beyond the arc. So not to say that Anthony Black has been, you know, he's, he will take that set shot though. I think a little bit more readily than Markel. And I hope Markel has seen that and has learned. I just need to take it, man. If I'm open, I need to take it. Um, and, and he just, was doing that at the end of the year last year. And he for was. some reason, kind of reverted back to being that guy that is hesitant. But yeah. He was successful at the end of the year. So he really needs to get back into that. If I'm open, I got to let these fly. I got to either start making them and having them respect me so I can get back to driving or doing other things in my game or if you're not hitting from outside, then you were going to find somebody that can like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just, it's time to put up or shut up in that department for me with him. Yeah, man. I got, I got bad vibes around this knee tendonitis thing, man. It, 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 it reeks to me. And there was some video that some of the reporters, I think Philip Rossman Reich took like a video of him and Wendell getting shots up and that like shot, it just didn't look fluid. It looked like it had that irky jerkiness and I'm just a little bit worried that that thoracic outlet nerve thing that he had has kind of cropped up again or something because, I mean, knee tendonitis, probably a lot of you out there have had tendonitis. You just got to rest it. Um, it's been, what, a couple, few weeks now? Like, 
uh, and we and and when coach Mosley talks about it it's like well we're not really sure like they're not saying anything about it it doesn't seem like he's super close and that's yeah. concerning because tendonitis is normally like all right it just rest it for a few weeks and you're done like i don't know it's, man i got bad I, vibes I around it, this i think right now he's it's more of a case of 12 tendonitis because it seems like it's a little more serious than 10 um but we've always been really good about resting guys so i think he's going to get as much rest as he needs especially when right. the team's winning and things are going okay yeah uh, but it is it does bring some concern right and yeah, that shirt that shot still kind of goes back to looking wonky and it's like yeah. what what's 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 going on here what is this all about like welcome to thoracic park everybody <laughs> right like <laughs> like well how is it all like how do you Sometimes when I'm shooting, I don't really even think about it. Now I'm not an NBA player, but like whatever your motion is to do a lot of the sports or a lot of the things you do, it kind of just is your motion, right? It yeah. seems to kind of change once in a while. And it's sort of like, what's up with that? And the other guy that that used to happen to too was Chuma. Like, right. you know, his shot would start to look different. It's like, Hey, see how you guys aren't successful at shooting. Maybe keep us, keep the rhythm the same. It's okay to change it, but then stay consistent and do the same thing all the time. Like you saw Larry bird looking through that window. That's a ridiculous shot, but yeah. guess what? He was great at it. And he shot it like that all the time. So like, just find something that's consistent so that you don't have to think about it as much. And then maybe like between the injury and the shots, not falling, he can put all that stuff behind him and just move forward. I hope so, man. Like, Markel is someone in my mind that's a key part of this team. I have I have money on him as a most improved player. I thought he was going to be coming out averaging like around 15 points a game, six to eight assists every night. Like, mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, injury again. And even when he was on the court early on, he didn't look, you know, like I expected. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But to play devil's advocate here now, yep. like there's a lot of time, a lot of talk from you who said, mm -hmm. I don't understand where Anthony Black fits on this team. I don't know how he yeah. gets minutes. Yeah. This is where he gets minutes, right? Like they may have known that this is a possibility. If you yeah. have 10 or 12 tinnitus, you, you know that it's going to always be there. Or it's always going to be flaring up. So you need someone else that can do the same things. And at this point, he's a younger carbon copy of Markel Fultz yeah. without the bad history of injuries or wonky shot mm -hmm. that he hasn't been able to get back. So like, I think that says a lot about what we knew or what we thought or what they expected Markel to bring. Uh, which is probably a little less than the expectations you had for him, which is why they went and grabbed Anthony Black. And this is why I wanted to sit at Thanksgiving table with Waltman, just to see what was going on there. All right. Get the inside scoop and an extra scoop. But of the front potatoes. office never talks. I probably wouldn't say anything to you about well, it. Well, maybe I can sneak something in it. Maybe I can get him to booze him up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Sneak something in his drink. Maybe I can I can do something here. I'll I'll play my charms. All right. So that is social media roundup. I don't think I missed any peach. Thank you, everyone, for your amazing, hilarious, and insightful posts about our beloved Orlando Magic. If you like to get something on the show, send us an at court underscore cousins and uh, we'll check it out. And if it gives us a chuckle, well, we might put it on. And now, Peach, we're going to hit the road, as you said, for a little bit of traffic light. We're going to say a statement and you're either going to give it the green light and speed on out of there. You're going to say, hold on, slow down there, bucko. Or you're going to say, you know what? Throw on the brakes. All right. So the first statement is um, Goga Bitatse minutes 
when Wendell Carter Jr. comes back. He's been playing fantastic, Peach. Are you like I don't even know how you want to interpret this, but I guess green light, like you want more Goga minutes, you want to keep those up. Uh, you can interpret it how you want. Let me not tell you how to interpret it. You do your thing. <laughs> I didn't realize you were writing the book on on traffic light on this one. I yeah. I think for for me, I, I I'd like it. You'd like to say green, right? Because you like what you're saying, and you and you're and uh, and you're pleased by it. But the fact is, when Wendell's come back, he's gonna get minutes. He's gonna get playing time. He's gonna be in there. Someone's minutes have to take a seat. So I'm just gonna go yellow on this one. I, it's not the sexy pick, but I, I think. Wendell's going to come back in, take a bunch of his minutes. They might share at first until, you know, because they always like to keep guys on minutes restrictions. So right. I'm sure they won't let Wendell play a whole game, for God's sakes. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, so Gogo will get some time then. And look, Gogo's already proved himself. So if Wendell can't hang at the Goga level, then, hey, the switch gets made. I mean, they don't owe him that starter, those starter minutes just because, you know, he's Wendell. I mean, he needs to prove that he can play at that kind of level and produce. I mean, we've got, you got Goga, you got Moritz producing, you've got J.I. playing fantastic D. I mean, and look, his, his even his offense has been impressive. So I, I think there's other options here in the big man shit game that, that can deliver. So if Wendell's not going to come back at a equal or better than level, then those guys are going to get their minutes back, which is the way it should work. And this is why, like on the last show, I, I had the hot take about, you know, possibly trading Wendell Carter because he's got a, he's got a great contract. He still can ball when he, when he's healthy, he's a good player. And I think he'd be attractive to other teams to get that piece we're missing. Cause we've been missing him for most of this run and things have been going pretty well. So yeah. imagine if you could fill one of those other gaps or holes that we want and get a three point shooter in here for him. I mean, it's something they would have to consider if it comes down to trade deadline and we're sitting like third or second, we think we can make a run of the title, right? Mm -hmm. Like you might, you might, you need a three point shooter when it comes to playoff time, a real sniper. And maybe that's what they do. So that's, that's why I think about, think about that. I, I love Wendell to come in and prove me wrong though. Cause I do love Wendell, but Goga's minutes will depend on how well Wendell plays. I think. Fair points, fair points, Peach. I mean, in this uh, stretch where Goga's been playing, he's averaging eight points a game, nothing crazy, 7.3 boards, about two assists, but almost two blocks. And that is kind of the aspect of the game that we don't really see from Wendell. He's a terrific defender, but as a rim protector, even though his stats, when he's like defending someone close to the rim, those are good. You just don't see him as a – he's not a shot blocker. Um, and it's nice to have a guy back there who's doing some of those things. Um, again, Goga, he had some amazing games. He, you look at his plus minus and there it's all plus. He's only had in this stretch two games out of uh, 12 where he's been minus at all. So he's making winning plays. I mean, he's out there with the starters. That definitely helps. But he's making winning plays. I think right now I have to, though. Throw on the brakes. Throw on the brakes. As much as it pains me to say when Wendell gets back, there goes Gogo's minutes, that's got to be what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Wendell, while, again, I just said he doesn't really have some of that outwardly showing rim protection, he is a tremendous defender, 
And I think he fits more into the philosophy of Coach Mosley of having, I mean, he's another 6'10 guy, super athletic, quick feet. You can tell sometimes on these uh, switches and these rotations, Goga's just a little bit slow. And Wendell is, is just a much faster, uh, quicker type of athlete. Um, Wendell has been shooting also something is that he's shooting threes. You know, he shoots three a game and was shooting about 32% before going down. He had games, though, where he was knocking down 40% of his shots, 50% of his three-point shots, things like that. So he at least is stretching the floor, whereas Goga does not bring that at all. I think that's also an important aspect of Wendell. But really where it comes down to is the defense. I think that Wendell just fits more into the defensive identity of this team. And I think that you're you're absolutely right. Maybe when Wendell comes back, there will be a little bit of a yellow, of a slowdown, and there will be some minute sharing. But once Wendell is back up to full strength, I expect the rotations to pretty much go back to how they were at the beginning of the year. Wendell in that starting spot. Mort's coming off the bench to back up. Maybe if J.I. wants to get a rest one night, you'll see some Goga here and there. But Goga's just the guy that is designed, you know, he's on this team to do exactly what he's doing right now. If someone goes down, knock on wood, you have an extremely, extremely right. capable um, backup in Goga Batatze. Now, I think this is the last year on his contract, so it begs the question, what do you do with Goga next year? Would he agree to be on this team? Because I think he has definitely the talent to – start on a crap on you know not so great team or be a backup on a good team and he probably isn't going to love his role being the third fiddle on the Orlando Magic. I think he does love this team, but you figure he might want to get some playing time somewhere else. We'll see. I mean, I've loved what we've gotten from Goga. It'll be heartbreaking to see him go. Hmm. Yeah, I I agree. I think you made some good points there. I I, I think if like I was saying about Wendell being a trade option, maybe there's a team that needs a big man going into the playoffs and is looking to move for Goga. Or yeah, I know his contract's up at the end of the season, but you might want him for the end of the year because you need you just need a big guy. Yeah, um, you're going into the playoffs and you lose your big guy, and you need someone to step in because you're gonna have to play against Joel Embiid or or Jokic or some other big guy that you need you need him to slap around against. So um, yeah, I think we're in a good position because of uh, having a deep roster with a mm-hmm. bunch of guys who have good contracts, you know, aside from J.I., that are movable and I think benefit our squad. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I have about that page is like, aren't we that team? Aren't we that playoff team that needs a backup big because we've got a guy in Wendell Carter Jr. who has a history of getting injured and our backup is Jonathan Isaac who has a history of getting injured. So aren't we right. the team? Well, right that now we up? are. So yeah. Right now we are. You're right. So unless the, the, the price seems like something that we can't pass on, then right. yeah, you just keep him, keep him in that role. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next uh, traffic light, sir. Um, Let's go to the the next one here. We got Jamal Mosley, coach of the year. And I'm going to go ahead and just hit the gas, baby. I'm going to, I'm going to speed down the, uh, the highway on this one. You, you can tell, we talked about it earlier in the show, Peach, all the attention that the Orlando Magic are getting. And with all of those flowers, people are recognizing that the job, the leadership job of Jamal Mosley is front and center in the success of this team. It's The team is, again, ahead of schedule, and that's because of the leadership of a guy like Jamal Mosley. He is the first person to say, 
to to be humble and to spread the credit elsewhere. He'll he's always talking up his assistant coaches. He's always talking up the players as they're you know holding themselves accountable. But man, that shit doesn't happen on its own. Like he has, you got to have a strong leader to create a culture in which people are holding each other accountable. I know at your workplaces there. There's probably some of you that have a really good manager, a really good leader, and some of you that have a dog shit leader. That, that <laughs> yeah, if you're lucky enough to work with Peace, you got a great leader. So, um, uh, we got uh, um, Jason Pichet. What what would you be, manager, uh, rink manager of the year, along with Jamal Mosley? I'll give that the gas. I'll take it. Yeah, I mean it's 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 all ga- it's all gas all the time here. They, whenever they give out the coach of the year award, it's always some coach who seemingly didn't have a roster worthy who ends up in like the top three in their conference. So boom, all of what you've seen in the past is on this team. Now there's a team in like Minnesota, but look, here's the deal. Here's the difference here. This team didn't have any all-stars last year. So this is a team coming into the year with no current all-stars on the roster sitting second or third in the conference. If you're still around that area by season's end, there is no way Jamal Mosley doesn't win or we riot. Yes. Burn it down, Orlando. Burn it down. <laughs> Not Orlando. Burn down wherever Adam Silver lives. All right. Tampa or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The last traffic light for today, Peach, is the in-season tournament. Sadly, our Orlando Magic uh, did not make the cut. Um, which I did not understand all the way until I took a second to think about it. We had, uh, unfortunately, a, a group where there were three three and one teams, and then the Bulls just lost to everyone. They were just horrible. And so because of we lost to the Nets, but we beat the Celtics, it went to point differential, and we didn't have the points we needed. So I think the Knicks snuck in there. Um, Peach. Mm-hmm. I ask you this question a little cautiously because I'm not sure that you watched any of the in-season tournament. It seems like you have a you're throwing a yellow light on just throwing the question my way. Yeah, I've got a yellow light on the question. What was your what was your feeling on your enjoyment of the in-season tourney? Well, this is one of those ones where I'm gonna have to say that I, I'm not even I'm not even I'm not driving towards oh. this lane, so I, I don't see the light. I'm in the back. I'm taking a nap. I'm just like you know, let me know when we get there. Like, are we there yet? Kind of situation. So uh, yeah, if if a tournament happens in the forest and no one's there to watch it, <laughs> does it happen? Um, I, I I do think that the absolute best scenario came out of this for the Orlando magic, right? Because we don't have to waste our time with any bullshit games that don't mean anything. We still won three of those four games, which is Mm -hmm. good. And now we get an extra home game against the shitty Detroit Pistons. So that's another win. So I'm okay with the way this panned out for us on so many levels, but the tournament's dumb. You're only encouraging teams to run up the score at the end of the game, which is kind of, not a good sportsmanship thing to do. We've had teams go at each other for doing that kind of stuff. But if the difference is going to be point differential, then you're going to have teams trying to run the score up and stuff. And that's, that's just dumb. It's not really in the spirit of the competition. As, as we knew before this tournament started, the setup of it is dumb. The idea of it is dumb. The courts are dumb. (laughs) Everything about it is dumb. They shouldn't do it. And who gives a shit? Not me, (laughs) not this guy. (laughs) I don't know what light you're using, but. I don't see it. I'll be com- comfortably resting in the back. 
<laughs> I will not be quite as brutal on the end season. Slow down. Slow down. All right. I'm going to give it a caution. Um, a yellow light. I think there was definitely some more interest. I was interested uh, on those games last night. I kind of woke up, and after my morning routine, I looked to see who had won those games. It added a little bit of juice for me to see what was going on around the league in a way that I wouldn't. Did I watch any other games besides the Magic games? No. But um, there was some extra interest, so I think that is what the NBA was going for. I think it was also good because it heightened some of those games. I think from what I heard the players say, and they might be towing the company line, of course, but it seems like they felt different, those games. And maybe it was just because of the grotesque courts in certain situations. I thought our court looked nice, but Chicago's, holy that shit, that's okay. horrible. Never do that again. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think where it fell short for me was I, – I, and maybe I'm just being bitter. Maybe I'm just being a little Scalabrine right now in that the magic didn't move on and it felt like we were playing good enough to, to do it. Um, the point differential thing is absolutely the wrong way to do it. Uh, Peach They're they're trying to copy and paste this from soccer and in soccer, mm -hmm. there's, you know, no more than three, four, five goals total by both teams in a game. So point differential is one or two here and there. Right, it's right. not a sport in which teams are scoring hundreds of points. We've had teams score 150 points this year, and just like you said, there's this gamesmanship about you know being courteous. You know, if if you're up by 25 and there's five minutes left, you put the bench guys in. We have an instance where you know Missoula from the Celtics is purposely fouling Andre Drummond when they're up by like 22 points last night in the fourth quarter. And Bulls fans are obviously livid. The Bulls coach is livid as he should be. It's like, bro, what the, this is not, this doesn't feel like how the game should go. I don't know what the answer is. Maybe adding a couple more games to the, to the tournament, making it go a little further, which Peach would might be against. But like if we played our in season tournament group, maybe, six times in the beginning of the year or seven times like something else you're kind of the beginning of your schedule is heavy with the in-season tournament games just to give it a little bit more air to breathe so this point differential thing doesn't become such a big deal um because it felt like too big of a part of the games last night and no you know i don't want to we don't need to see more of a blowout it just it doesn't add anything so We'll yeah, see. it's not. It's not really what the. It's not. It's not the way it should be. And and then as I realized that like this thing's going to be over in like a couple of weeks, like before Christmas, right. the in season tournament will have been over and decided. And it's like, but you still have like January and February and some other months of basketball that are like just kind of drag on in the middle. You you're making people pay attention to the front for some. I just don't get what they're. What they're trying, they're, what they're they say they're trying to do, and what they're actually doing—that's what they're trying fair. to do. Yeah, yeah. They're well, it's not going to work. That's <laughs> this is not the thing that makes the eyeballs leave football for basketball. I'll tell you for a fact that there's no way I would watch that over football. Like, so you got to do something better. You got to do something like I suggested, like a game in a fun location or something, something like that. Because this in-season tournament is just not going to bring it in. You are, uh, you're gonna have to attend another A meeting. You got to go to B A because you got basketball anonymous. You're just a junkie that will get up and you just love any way they try to deliver it to you. But yeah, you know, 
for the average fan, if that's what you're trying to get and you're trying to get them away from football, this ain't doing it. You're only getting the hardcore guys. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's just drumming up more interest again amongst the hardcores. You're absolutely right, Peach. Okay, well that was traffic light. What, let's let us know what did it do for you? Did it did it get you did it get you a little chubby? Um, you know this in season tournament. Did it do anything for you, ladies and gentlemen? Let us know in the comments. All right, let's head into the end of the show, the large ending. But before that, let's shout out all of our all stars and second cousins on Patreon: Magic Player History, Bulby the Don, Paulo and Franz's Warmth, Andy, Dylan Holden, Drum to Drum Drum Drum. Rafael Perez, Breadhead, Matthew Bell, Dan Young, Gloria and Damien, Connor and Yachty, and not Nadra. Yep. Dead man walking. <laughs> Dead man walking. He's sitting down and they're going to be fine. It's just a, <laughs> an old wedding trope. <laughs> All right. Tell Nadra I watched Love Actually recently and it's a good watch. We watched Love Actually that. last night. We loved it. Although we did have, we had questions about the fat, ending. Fat shaming and cheating partners. Yeah, we had questions about the ending where, like, the Hugh Grant, who's handsome as hell in that movie, he gets together with his, like, secretary, which is me too. Uh, uh, Hugh, Hugh, you can't do that anymore, sir. You're using power dynamics over a woman, so you need to get me too right now, sir. But after that, she talked about how you know, her dad called her chubby. Her ex-boyfriend said she had thighs like trees. And then the last line is when he comes off the plane, yeah, was he was like, what does he say? He says like, oh, you're heavy. She jumps on him and he's like, oh, you're kind of heavy. It's like, oh, bro, like that's her trauma, yeah. man. That's like her trigger, bro. I don't know if that's going to work out, to be honest. And and then uh, Kira it, Knightley kisses the man after she marries her husband. Right? His best friend. Kira Knightley is married to the dude's best friend, but then makes it like makes out with him once. Like what the fuck? I forgot that that and was then. where the sign trope came from. And I was excited when I saw, it. I was like, Oh, this is the sign movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's definitely like some, some storylines that you're like, Oh, I can't believe that didn't work out, but you gotta love Sam, man. He learned how to drum fast. Yeah. No, <laughs> Sam, the little kid is the best storyline. We actually are recording and we do need to get into the large ending. Is that the, um, so oh, yeah. Bish, can you, <laughs> Hit that! Hit if that! I tell, music. If I tell people at work that we, if I tell people at work that we talked about love actually on our podcast, we might get some more watchers. All right, well there you go. <laughs> Just gotta tune in for minute, um, one hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> we gotta make it a short. Yeah. All right, large ending. Wait, where's the button? It's yeah, find here. it. There it is. All right, Peach, you went to the star. Um, what was your Cowboys Thanksgiving Day experience like, sir? What? Is, oh, look at that! Yes. Well, it was it was short lived. Um, it is the first time in the history of my being that uh -huh. I have left a game early. Uh, I left after the first quarter because I bought a standing room only ticket. You know, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I just kind of wanted to go for the ambiance, the experience. Every other standing room ticket I've ever gotten in my life, you've got to stand the whole game. That's cool. I sign up for that. But you can see the playing surface. Right. Um, I had to fight to be able to see the playing surface in a few areas, like walking up the stairs for a few seconds. And like, I got some good pictures. It makes it look like I really like got around. But like, yeah. you got security guards saying you can't stand there, you can't do this, can't do that. And it's like you can't see the field from the main standing room only area unless right. you got there way early and just stand, stood there the whole game. So I was pissed. After one quarter, I had seen no plays actually take place on the field and was like. 
I'm just gonna go home and watch it from there. I beat the traffic. I, was, I, I listened to Dolly Parton on the radio, and it was moment time to watch the entire second half. And the Cowboys whooped ass, and I, and I guess I'm fine. So maybe I don't know if I was there long enough for the Cowboys to get the P-shaped bump. Sorry, buddy. Well, it worked. It worked still. It just needs a moment, Peach. That's all you need. It needs to work for them against a team with a winning record. I gotta say that. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so the Magic uh, did a great video with Paulo and Cole, two of our faves, where they went back and forth talking about what's the best smell. And if you haven't seen this video, go ahead and check it out. It's on the Orlando Magic social media. It's pretty funny. Coles are mostly food. Paulo totally went away from food, which is very unique that both those gentlemen didn't. There's no crossover there. Yeah. But uh, what what is your best smell? If you had to come up with it, they, they got to list the top five. Okay. They had like a little smell draft, if you will. Okay. I mean, definitely at the top, man, when I'm coming home in a nice, crisp fall autumn air and there's fire, you know, a smell of fire, like someone's got a fireplace going, that is fantastic. I love that a lot. Then I walk into my home and maybe the fire's in my hearth, which is wonderful, and I smell the pine of the Christmas tree. And that Ooh. is freaking awesome as well. Okay. And then it doesn't stop there, Peach. I'm walking in and my lady's maybe, you know, making up a lentil soup or like uh, she's doing some Syrian style chicken with like the paprika and the, and all, you know, the pepper and oh yes. Like give me those Middle Eastern flavors, the Thai smells. I love all that. Yeah. So that would be like my top three probably. What about All you? Right. Those are that's good. You came Thank with you. the smells. A lot yeah. of times when I ask these questions, you're stumped. But you're yeah. ready with this. Well, a lot of the times <laughs> I'm high, and right now Kyle's focused. He's LASIK focused, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So Whoa, look out. Yeah. Yeah, an episode <laughs> where I'm not stoned. I'm not that stoned that often, to be fair. Uh, on episodes. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right, Peach. Um, I've just been following sometimes on your social media. It seems like you've been going to a lot of Dallas Stars games. How many games have you actually been to? Oh, your fucking microphone is done. God dang it. He's been to a lot, ladies and gentlemen. It's tons. He's getting free tickets. I was going to ask him about his Christmas tree ornament, and he's going to ask me some question about a dream dating deal, what I don't even know. Fuck this shit. Oh, he's back. Okay, no, he's back. All right. We're not doing that again. Okay. All right. All right. So, um... I'll, I'll start. I'll start back at how many stars games. Um, all right, next one, Peach. I've been following along on your social media. We've been texting, and sometimes you're at a game or something's going on. So it seems like you've been to tons of these Dallas Stars games live. How many games have you actually been to? Do you know how many you've been to? I think it's ten or eleven so far. Wow. It's all the home games. Like it. it wow. <laughs> You know, the, the price is right. It's yeah. free. And the park is free. So I'm going to go. Like, I don't have a lot else going on. So it's like, unless I have to cover or do something at work, then it's like, well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. Okay. And this is why Orlando Solar Bears, you need to reach out to Peach. You need to give him a raise. And you need to get him away from Dallas and get him down there so that we can get free magic tickets. You had your chance, Solar Bears. <laughs> Hit the road. Uh, oh. Recently, uh, you know, I'm a big wrestling fan. There was a big, big return in pro wrestling. Yeah, uh, I'm not a fan of this gentleman, but uh, there is nothing better than a big return mm-hmm. 
in wrestling. You know, that music comes out and it's shocking and everyone comes out. Have you ever had one of those moments where you, you were gone from somewhere and came back or maybe you surprised somebody with your presence somewhere? Like, is there ever one of those big best return moments for you? If you need a little time, I'll fill. Okay, give me you, you go. I have kind of one in mind, but you you go. What was your best okay. return moment? Well, I've done a few. You've done before, a lot of returns. You, to be fair, is this yeah. going up again? I'm I've going to go to get the I've done, a, I've done a lot of returns. Usually they're yeah. now, so people yeah. know about it. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think I think the if, if if there's a party for you waiting for your return, that's probably the best. Uh, Peach Doc Two, no Peach Doc Three, was me returning from Milwaukee. That was a that was a good time. Um, a great way to come back from a situation that didn't work out the way I wanted it to. But what's what you seem like you've got one. I mean, yeah, I think the best return of my life has been the prodigal son returning to Bridgeport, Connecticut. You know, I went, I lived in Boston for a couple of years. Then I lived outside of New York city for a few years. And then I decided to come home and teach in my home city. And I think that's probably he the lived best. In New Jersey. <laughs> he lived in New Jersey, everybody <laughs> outside of New York. Okay. I was, I was the greater New Yorkie. I've always lived out of Saturday. York. <laughs> it's a really narrow down. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair, fair. Okay, Peach, um, the Christmas tree, we have two Christmas trees, two real Christmas trees in this house, one in the TV room, one downstairs in the living room. We've got some ornaments on the tree, and it made me curious, do you have a favorite ornament that you're, first of all, you have a tree, right? You have a fake tree I know that you normally put up. It's up. All right, do you have a favorite ornament on said tree? Um, there's a lot of ornaments I have that like go back to like the year of my birth. Wow. Uh, one that was given to me by our grandparents and it actually says, you know, grandson, 1979. It's got Snoopy on it too. It's, oh, that's... it's hard, it's hard to pass on some of those right there. Yeah, that's tough. This one right here has always been one of my favorites. I think I may have even showed it on the show last year. Oh, that's nice. the Eastern Conference Champions 1995 Magic uh, Champions Ball. And Ooh. it's got the tinsel in there. It's a good look. It's just a good looking ornament it's one of my faves to put up but my christmas tree is an eclectic mix as i've been told yeah uh it's it's really like all the places i've lived the teams i like it's it's very clear whose tree that is yeah i love that <laughs> this I year love I, that. I couldn't find my my proper star for the top so i just have uh, my dallas stars logo at the top which i feel like is kind of appropriate for the season very appropriate uh, last up, you know, I hate to bring these people up on the show, so I'm not going to mention their name because they definitely get plenty of pub almost everywhere else they go. Yeah. Uh, but there are some big popular couples that that, that are dating uh -huh. uh, out there. Um, I want to know if the, if anyone on the Magic was going to date somebody, okay, uh, like a high profile singer or an actress or or maybe a world leader, perhaps. Oh. Um, what 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 combo could you cook up? Would you like to see like you know Paulo dating Condoleezza Rice or okay. like you know what put put something together for me? Like what's a what's an ultimate yeah. duo that would just warm your heart? Like you like her you, and you like this guy and they got together and they're just gonna slay all of social media, like even over that overrated tight end mm -hmm. and that really pretty singer who should do better than him. Uh, it's all publicity but you know put together i gave you enough filler time you must have one <laughs> i mean I, I people of you know old school listeners are gonna probably already know what i'm going with and it's it wouldn't be good for paulo or really any of the guys maybe except joe ingles um but it's got to be mariah carey i mean that was the first that was the first crush i had as a young man she filled Damn. the spank bank many a time 
Um, and I owe a lot of my maturity and potentially my porn addiction to Mariah Carey. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You and I don't have a lot in common, but other than the magic, <laughs> that may be one of them. Although I started with Daphne from Scooby-Doo and then later graduated to Mariah. But yeah. <laughs> oh, so love a good Mariah cartoon, Diddy. But I mean, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. I, I mean, I know she likes younger guys, but I want to see her. I want to see her with Joe Ingles. I want to see her date. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like a guy my age. So it kind of, even though I'm married, it will still keep the dream alive. You know what I mean? It will still okay. be kind of real for me. I, I would have never guessed that in a million years that we were to get the Mariah Carey, Joe Ingles crossover that we all need. <laughs> All we want for Christmas is that duo. <laughs> Do you have one in mind? I, I suppose you might. No, I don't. But I think I'd like to put Franz with somebody because I want mm. this Wagner family to grow. Oh, right? yeah. And, and I want I want there to be, you know, this guy, he, he won the championship at the world stage. Like this, his name's getting out there. He's going to be an all-star soon. There's going to be a lot of Bettys that are going to be dropping into his DMs. They're probably, I mean, they're probably already there. Oh, shit, yeah. You know? <laughs> but I just, you know, I'd like like to see him, like, get with, with somebody that's, like, you know, kind of how pride profile. Maybe maybe it's a Selena Gomez or something. Or, okay. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. But I think Franz has enough star power on his own that if you, all of a sudden he got the rub from somebody that is a little more well-known. Literally. Or the rub. He's going to the moon. He'll be yeah. the German Michael Jordan. Even though he kind of already is, he'll be more world-known. So, like... I'm looking to get Franz's profile out there globally more than I'm worried about. And and we need offspring. We need the second. Yes. We need the next generation of Wagners. So. We know we need more Wagners. Well, that's what I was maybe thinking. Other... Maybe it's all gal. Right, well, that's maybe what I was maybe... thinking, but I don't know any WNBA players. So I just, well, I was. Candace Parker, you always just pull her out. I mean, I don't think she swings that way, but maybe, maybe <laughs> for the D1, D1 offspring, maybe she'll, you know, think about it, Candace. I'm just saying, you know, that's a, that's a lethal combo right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Peach, it's been good. I got to go. The lady's on my case. I'm going to go eat some lentil soup. One of my favorite smells, by the way. I know. I didn't see that one coming. I don't remember what that smell is. So I can't say whether it's good or bad, but that's a weird one. I got to go play a hockey game. Hell yeah. Well, give them hell. It's been wonderful hanging out with you, all second cousins. Thank you for liking and subscribing and spreading this magic propaganda. Until next time, peace out, everybody. Thanks for coming.